Hi, welcome to Agora Community Radio, the podcast for artists in the animation industry who want to listen and learn on the go. This episode is from our Q&A sessions, where David and Brent answer questions from the audience and also any questions from our social media followers. You can always head on over to our website, agora.community, to watch the full video, or if you just want to listen to what we think are the most interesting bits and pieces of these conversations, you can listen to the Agora Bytes clips on this channel. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Long time no see. Here we are back again with another stream. David and I are here to um, um, tirelessly answer all of your difficult, tricky questions. Let's bring David in here. That was the fastest intro yet. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <No>, straight <laughs> to the point. I think it might, we, we might still be in post Pierre's uh, discussion with Syndrome. So we're just yeah. like, let's, <laughs> let's do this. Actually, it's the first time we have those two streams at the same day, right? I think so. I, we've had two streams before. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it was like, go ahead. The last few months were, were just a blur. So <laughs> I just. Do you remember where you lived? Like, do you know what year it is? Uh, I have the basic. Okay. I have the basic information I uh, I need. That's it. That's all, Fair I, enough. all I have. That's all you need. Yep. So how, how was it with uh, Jacob? I think it's Jacob that... Uh, yeah, he was, was with me last time. It was VIP fun, yeah. Yeah, he seemed to have a lot of fun too. It was good. Just We just kind of just rolled with the punches and just answered the questions as we could. A lot of fun anecdotes. It was good. It was fun. Yeah. I think he'll good. come back. I think we treated him nice enough. He'll come back. Hopefully. He looked like he genuinely enjoyed it. So yeah, he, he messaged me right afterwards. He's like, that was fun. Let's, let's totally do that again. So that's good. <laughs> and, you know, having someone uh, that can answer animation question that is actually staying still animating instead of, of myself. <laughs> yeah. I always have this and little myself. imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. I still remember those, <laughs> those years, but it's been so long. It uh, adds that... a whole other layer of, of icing to that imposter syndrome cake, right? If you think about it, it's like, you know, it used to be, if you feel like an imposter while you're an animator trying like feeling like an imposter and now you don't even animate regularly anymore. So now it's like, sort of like, that's a, it's a weird kind of like, yeah. Maybe we maybe we actually are imposters now. Finally, we've graduated to full on imposter. It could be like we said last time. That little voice, it's, not, it's uh, never not going anywhere. It's Get never, used to it. That's it. Yeah, he's he's never said anything anything good. All right, so let's see what chat has for us. Yeah, uh, well, we got we got some good juicy ones. I'm gonna make sure I ask the main question right now that um, that Scott wants us to to, to ask. So let's uh, let's let's do it. So we got one here by Curves Be Curvy. <laughs> good handle, I like it. And uh, this question is probably oh, that's too a long. long. One. Yeah, it oh. is. <laughs> I'm gonna read it right off the sheet here. It's getting harder to sit at my desk animating. It's like a confessional. I like the way this one reads. Like, like a lot. Is, is, I, is it really a question or just yeah, I don't know. therapy? It just, I don't know. It might now. be therapy. I don't know. We'll see what happens when we get to the end here. Like a lot. I enjoy the creative process and all, you know, making decisions on, you know, on things, but, you know, story ideas, character arcs, soundtrack, and having meetings. How can I transition into something like this or fall in love with animating again to get me there? Interesting. Hmm. Wow. It's a kind of kind of a, a crisis that's going on here. Yeah, 
So I'm assuming that the list there, like making decision on things, story ideas, character arc, soundtrack, having meetings. <laughs> meetings, really? You enjoy meetings? Yeah, I don't it know. that this is some of the meetings. stuff that he, he, he or she likes to, uh, mm. uh, to do. Mm. Uh, that's a funny one. I feel like we're going to play with this one for, for more than, than two Probably. minutes. It's, it's not going to be a yes or no, mm. that's for sure. Yeah. Um, the first question I would have for that person uh, is how long <laughs> have you been like a month or two years? Yeah. Because is that just a temporary lack of motivation yeah. or it's a full on let's change yeah. career crisis that you should do something uh, about it? Yeah, I get the sneaky suspicion. It feels like someone's been doing it for a while. My guess is like eight to 10 years. This smells like an eight to 10 year uh, question. I mean, I, it's like mid career crisis, you know, like they talk about the midlife crisis. Yeah. I think, um, you know, and maybe you're kind of thinking, is there more to this or am I like, do I do keep doing this? Like, I don't yeah. know. Like if I got another 10 years in me, I think it's sort of probably what's going on. Yeah. And maybe you're looking over the shoulders of some of the directors and maybe just maybe operating on a, on a, on a bigger, more macro level is maybe becoming a bit more interesting to you. Maybe because you be better understand the process and you think, Oh, Hey, or maybe because you're looking around going, why does every, why is everyone terrible at this? I think I can do better. It could be lots of reasons why you think you want to take a, a crack at it. Yeah, but yeah, I do. I do agree. There's questions that are being raised here. I would say it's probably good to remind yourself. I don't. I don't remember what's the exact number, but like people nowadays will have five different career on average. <laughs> it's true. Uh, and actually, if I'm making the count, I'm probably close to five because I started as a graphic designer, then went into being an animator. <clears throat> then I would say an animation director is different enough from being an animator to be totally. almost it's a different thing. Then I became a cinematic director. So now you're on set with actors, you yep. read scripts, you're supervised storyboards, all of it. And today, what I can only describe as being an entrepreneur with, yep. you know, co-founder and uh, uh, CEO of Agora Studio, which I'm still trying to figure out what it really means. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. That's, that's nebulous, I think. I think it, to try to define that truly would be a very difficult job. Just, you know, just don't run out of money. Recruit people. <laughs> do good PR. Don't run out of money. It's Branding, culture, one. crisis management, all mm, of it. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm already have my fifth career and I still consider myself young, even if the <clears> audience <throat> here would most probably disagree with that statement. So all this to say that it's normal. Totally uh, normal. You will, if being a character animator is your first career or even your second one, most probably you will not end your career as a yeah. character animator. So let's just at least frame this question. Yeah, uh, this yeah. is something normal that the vast majority yeah. of people will uh, will will go through. That's, <laughs> Do that's not sure. panic. Do not panic. <laughs> it is normal. This is it is a normal. Regular scheduled test <laughs> alarm system. Contact um, your local. Emergency it's funny because center. yeah, I feel we had a question that was uh, a bit similar to this one, and it was. What are the signs that you are ready for a change of career or, mm. or something like that? Um, and, you know, I think to let's assume it's not been one month <clears throat> that you're out of motivation. It's been say, a year or two. 
And let, let's assume this fictional character, Brent, that you've described that is, you know, eight, nine, 10 years of experience, yeah. mid-career uh, crisis and all mm -hmm. that. Um, so yes, if for a certain period of time, you have a hard time to motivate yourself to animate and you still, you keep on looking on the, at the neighbors and like, oh, that looks really fun for, mm -hmm. that. that's a sign. That, that's, yeah. your, that, that's your sign. Totally. Now the question is, what because uh, there was a lot of, of things on there right there was uh, yeah. you know making decisions story ideas character arcs soundtracks so some audio stuff meetings uh so where to go from there uh for me there's like three different things that you should ask yourself uh what are you naturally good at mm -hmm. would probably be the yeah. number one uh if you are a super shy introverted person don't put yourself in a situation that you will have to do pep talks to like a mm. hundred people every friday <laughs> that just you will be miserable you will hate it <laughs> on the flip side totally. if you're a super social person don't get yourself isolated and yeah. in this one so you know what are you uh, naturally good at uh what do you like to do or at least do not hate uh to to do because i think that as a professional professional artists mm. anything that you anything that is a passion like music or writing when you do anything 40 hours a week it, it will get to a point that you will you will most probably not uh be passionate about it on the yeah. uh, long run you might still be inspired and motivated but passion is going to fade fade yeah. away so at, at least what do you not hate to uh, to do and probably I don't, I don't know if it's the most important mm. part, but leverage the experience that you already have. Yeah. So yeah, you can go in and become a lawyer if you are an animator, why not? Uh, maybe, but if you do, maybe a lawyer in the animation industry to be able to defend cause of freelance or, or something like that. Just leverage what you, the expertise that you've already um, have in hand and, and use it to kind of not start for from uh nothing but start from you know the experience that you that you already have i would also say um you know if you're in a position to um if you're like around like he sounds like you're in a production or at least in productions um so it sounds like you these other types of jobs are uh, within cl close proximity, maybe spend some time talking to the people who do those jobs. Um, make sure that like, you know, do a little bit of homework because, you know, grass is always green on the other side, right? You know, sometimes when people start losing the the magic spark, they just, they just go and, you know, they go towards the, 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 the cool looking shiny thing and they don't necessarily know enough about it. And then they realize, Oh, you know, um, it's um, you don't, you don't want to just, leave a well-established career and jump into something that you're going to hate, for instance, like David yeah. was saying, like, so spend some time learning about it and then do some plus and minus sort of exercises where you're kind of like weighing your own strengths against this obvious sort of needs and requirements of these, these different jobs that look interesting. Another consideration could be to change the, um, the format. You know, maybe just maybe if you're in feature film, go into try VFX, try video games, like try something that might completely change your perspective um, because it will open up other doors because things are done very differently. Um, maybe just the change of scenery or the change of process or the change of sort of final product is enough to kind of reinvigorate your um, your your attitude um, and your your um, not the attitude is the wrong word, but uh, your um 
your your love or your interest in 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 the in the craft it's possible yeah, <clears throat> yeah i i agree that at least before proceeding with a, a change us change team change project yeah maybe change, the company change the studio enough. exactly yeah. just just give it give it another try or maybe you're yep. already convinced that you and you don't yep. know i really want to do this yep uh, but if you're not sure like i don't know i feel like i still have you know something in the tank but i don't feel the, the spark anymore well just you know try something else totally i animate something completely different and yep. you know changing team yep maybe yep. uh, you know industry and all that will definitely uh, help yeah um one last idea here is is size of team can make a big difference um you rather than finding yourself needing to become like migrating into a leadership role maybe all you need to do is work for a smaller team because mm -hmm. the smaller teams that require a lot more sort of close collaboration which is probably going to be more exciting and ownership beyond usually one single craft um, so, you know, work at a small VFX company or a small sort of bootstrapped kind of uh, indie game studio or something like that could really excite you because you're going to start feeling like a pioneer again. And um, that, uh, you know, for good reasons and for some bad reasons. I mean, it's not all rainbows and lollipops over there either, because now suddenly you don't have as deep of pockets in the production budget. So the, things are a bit more difficult. You can't do things you normally would have been able to do at the bigger company. But like, you know, take the you take the good with the bad and uh, maybe just a change of pace just just completely kickstarts your uh, your engine again it's very possible yeah <clears throat> there's you know story ideas character hark mm -hmm. and all that it seems that you know story in general is something that seems to interest mm -hmm. you and you know i have uh i don't know brent if you remember jean-sebastien duclos Duclo. he was yeah he was an mm -hmm. gs duclos he was an animator on axis so I, I'm, oh, geez. I'm yeah, making you rewind time. 20 years in your, so it, it was a, uh, um, <clears throat> you know, a background in traditional animation, yep. became a, a, a CG animator and then was like, you know what? I want to draw. I like storyboard and hmm. slowly steer. And now is a amazing storyboard artist. There you go. Uh, Ramiro Belange is someone that I studied uh, with, started yep. as an animator and then slowly geared towards writing. So, <clears throat> yep. you know, he's writing a lot of script. Mm -hmm. uh, one of our good friend Daryl Purdy, that you know, started yep. as an uh, animator and slowly steer. Oh, I like to you know story be <clears throat> with actor and all that. Yep. Now is a performance and cinematic director, spending a lot of his time with uh, actors and all that. So, yep. if it's it, it's it, it's rare that you just do a ninety degree shift overnight. Yeah, but it's more that you slowly get yeah. interested with the work, exactly. and you slowly you discuss more with storyboard artists, and eventually maybe like someone is calling sick, and you're like, oh, maybe I can help, and you know it's not going to be as great as their work, <clears> but it it's going to be enough to, or maybe you're the one that is editing their, um, you know, their their boards to provide the uh, um, animatic. Mm -hmm. One thing is leading to another, and. Two years after you have your first opening at being a storyboard artist so it's yep. just like put an aim and slowly steer in that direction one yep. thing is going to lead with yep. another you're going to meet the right people and have the right opportunity to make this uh this this transition yeah and even you know, if you don't know if what the trajectory is and have something to aim at just opening yourself up to a change 
Like just literally put yourself out of your comfort zone. Like that's all you need to do. Like what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You don't like it? Oh, okay. Uh, try something else. I mean, basically well, there's one one guaranteed outcome is is going to come from not doing anything. And that is nothing will change and you will probably just lose your mind with boredom. So just literally any change can lead to a bigger change. Uh, it doesn't all have to, like David says, you don't have to make like reinvent yourself overnight. Just small course, like a small, like five or 10 degree course correction now in any direction other than what you're doing will be a pretty big change in the long run. If you continue to go down in that, that, that direction, or who knows where it's going to lead, maybe you continue to make course changes and you, you end up in a completely different industry. It doesn't matter as long as you just sort of try shit and yeah. follow your heart and just put yourself out there. Yeah. Steer a little bit and let time do the rest yeah. and yeah. just a little shift of a few angles after long enough is going to be a complete different direction than if you have done totally. uh, nothing. And there was an element in there, uh, having meeting again, <laughs> that's, that's a funny one, but if you're actually someone that does enjoy meeting, <laughs> it depends, you know, if it's more like brainstorming, it means that yeah. you, you like to exchange ideas and you yeah, might yeah, yeah. be very creative. Meetings. So writing, like directing those. and all that, but maybe you have, you know, some management skills yeah, and true. In, in my in my experience, uh, some of the best managers that, that I work with were people that were in production first. Yeah. So they were, let's say, animators that just mm. naturally were well organized, yeah. that can communicate, that could communicate with clarity, mm. uh, that were good with people in general, yeah. good, yeah. you know, uh, emotional intelligence, uh, good with PR. And, and, so naturally, hey, you know what? You take maybe a lead position and eventually instead of going towards the lead supervisor director uh, uh, path, you go more towards the <laughs> management to start at helping with coordination, maybe eventually project manager. And, you know, a, uh, uh, being a producer is probably like the, 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 the top of that direction. But again, one of the things that is the most challenging for managers in general is that they... They are managing, they are, you know, coordinating the work of people that often they don't really understand what they are doing or they don't correlate that, oh, this request is going to take X amount of time. They rely on people on their team to tell them. If you already have that experience, if you're the project manager of an animation team and you've been animating before, you have a pretty good sense that what the director is asking is going to require to redo one week of work. So th that's a major uh, advantage for oh, anyone yeah. that wants to go as a, totally. in a management position to have that experience. Yep. Think outside the box. I think it goes back to what David said before, like know your strengths. What is it you really like to like, yes, there's, there's, there's cool looking roles and things that you do on the production floor, but like try to boil it down to even more specific things. Do you like organizing things? Do you like communicating? Do you like, like what are the, the kind of the, the, um, the like the the this 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 sort of the typical you know minute to minute things that during the day yeah, that you what, would like what to are be the, occupied doing. What are the things that you do naturally? Yeah. Those yeah, yeah. that you don't have to force yourself, oh yeah, I have to be good at this. No, the, the, your natural talent, mm -hmm. quote unquote, is what you do without even thinking. And somehow for you it seems easy. Like, ah, I don't know. I get in a room with 20 people and I'm the one that is making fun and you know is just entertaining and all that well you might not realize that it's not the majority of people that are able to yep. you know communicate in a way that you're going to capture the attention of of a room so that's a that's a skill use it, it is absolutely use it use yep. it 
All right, let's jump on. We got Ender. He's got a question in here. Uh, Let's bring it up here. Ender asks, hey, David and Brent, how was your experience when you guys switched from animating your ideas to animating other people's visions? Ooh, that was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I was tired of having to come up with ideas. Um, The first thing I have to mind is I'm, for me, this would be the transition from being at school to Mm -hmm. being a professional uh, animator. Um, Professional uh, anything. I think when you're a professional artist, commercial artists, just that's the, that's the job is, is working on other people's ideas. For me personally, I, the first few years, I was just so focused just at becoming decent at what I was doing that I was not even thinking about uh, is it well you know I, I, there was no frustration whatsoever to work on the project mm. of other, uh, yeah. other people's idea i was still very creative but i was i had a band i was working you know i, I was playing guitar i was composing music i was doing video editing like snowboard video that we were, were shooting i was doing photography uh, i was creative in a lot of other things so i didn't feel the uh uh, the, you know, the uh, um, any any frustration of not being able to proficiently or being yeah. paid to animate my own ideas. It was not a need at all. And having, you know, other passion on the side, other creative oh, yeah. output on the side is something that we are mentioning often. It's, yeah. uh, it's I don't know if it's essential, but I do not know a lot of artists that do not yeah. have something else on the side that is often not their profession. Yeah, I, I think um, it's definitely part of the magic recipe, especially for some people, maybe not for everybody. Like some people just, just they, they, they scratch that itch completely at work. They don't mind working with other people's ideas because for them, it's not about their ideas. It's about polishing their craft. Like they make it a game in their head or something, like just getting better, getting faster. Like it's, it, everyone's different. But I do agree that there is a trend that lots of animators, lots of artists have something. Like they even have their own projects at home, um, you know, you got, um, you know, uh, some sort of hobby. Like I know people that are big into things like um, woodworking and carpentry. Um, I, I, that's a big trend I find because people like what we do is we we work with our hands kind of, but on mouse and keyboards, but we don't really build anything you can touch. You can sort of see it, but you can't really kind of. So I find that there's a big, a big trend for digital artists to want to work in something that makes makes use of their hands where they build tactile things that exist. That, yeah. But that's not for everybody either. Like basically, you know, you, you, you might need an outlet to help some of that, uh, that creativity, um, you know, that you, the, the, the self-driven creativity um, land and to sink its teeth into something. Yeah. Something we mentioned again with uh, Pierre today is, you know, the, the, the challenge for any professional artist is to be passionate, motivated and inspired enough to care about you do, but yeah. have a healthy distance and a thick skin to not yeah, be yeah. attached to, to, yeah. to it. Uh, I would say one of the worst um, attitude or name it, uh, however you, you want uh, from professional artists and animators is when they make too much, they, a shot <laughs> of their own and they make it personal and they're going to, you know, not fight, but always argue uh, uh, against the, uh, the either the notes of the animation supervisor or the vision of the director. 
and it feels that you know oh it's my shot it's my own i should i should be allowed to do whatever i want to do with it no it's not your production it's it, it's not you that is paying for this project mm -hmm. it's not you that is responsible for the, the the story it's not you that has the pressure to make sure that all of those elements are aligning in the same direction you are an extension of all of those people going in the same direction and you need to follow that direction uh, as well is mm -hmm. ideally you don't want to be micromanaged you want mm -hmm. to have a sandbox that you can play in yeah but that's your sandbox don't if you're trying to go over here the director's job or the supervisor's job is to bring you no 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 we, we <laughs> are here this is the, the direction that we are going so i would say coming back to having other project on the side other creative um you know project that you can fully on you know scratch that itch as much as you want when you're home no one is going to tell you what to do but when you come back uh, um at the studio you know you are there to fulfill the vision of someone else at the best of your um capacity so i would say if this question is coming from a place that you feel that you have this desire to be in control of uh, of your art uh great start side project on the side yeah. and you will you will be a hundred percent in control of yep. it. no one is going to bother with it yep. to bother to bother you with uh, with it and who knows it might even lead to like something bigger you know like uh, i know people who started little projects like this and it ended up turning into like a television series yeah. um it's just the way it kind of goes you put yourself out there and and um you know you don't don't do it for that reason but like you never know what's going to happen if you put yourself out there and yeah. you might find yourself next thing you know you're years down the road directing your own your own series which could be pretty cool if you're an extremely creative person and you work on this craft and over over time yes maybe you're you're going to have a a shot at directing or having investment in your yeah. own it's projects. rare to manage expectations for sure, I think is which David is kind of hinting at here. But the, but the, but the point is, is you, you know, you never really know. Sometimes by putting yourself out there, um, in 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 a way, um, that like, um, you know, if you have a, a really interesting message that other people really really like listening to, that's mm -hmm. what leads to these kind of relationships, right? Yeah, and that's when it's very cliche, but it's very true that, you know, just enjoy the journey. Even yes. if you have a yes. target of, okay, I'm going to create this short film on my own and I'm going to try to find investment. Great. Yeah. Just enjoy the journey. Yep. Just tell yourself in advance, even if I, would you still do it if mm. no one cared at the end of the day? Yes. And go. And go. And yeah. maybe it'll work out and, and you'll have yeah, an yeah. investment, but at the very least, enjoy it because yep. chances are, are slim. Yep, yep, yep. You know, some people, some people, all they need is a sketchbook. Funny enough, yeah. And sometimes that's all you need is just like to do daily sketches. Okay, I got a uh, another question here. This one is from our friend Petar. Let me Ooh. drop it in. It's also a long one, so I'm gonna have to read it off the sheet, but I'll put it in chat so you can see it, David. And um, but people watching are not gonna be able to see the whole thing. Um, when you're catering your reel for a dream studio, but there's no spot available right now and you need a job, do you still stick with it and run the risk of alienating other studios, even though you may need a job right now? Or do you go for a general reel that has a widespread reach for jobs, at least for the time being, to get you some income? <laughs> very specific question. Pretty specific. 
it's a uh, it's awesome uh, Pilar is asking himself a lot of a lot of questions he is uh, a very cerebral dude uh, we, we, we <laughs> I think I think you need to be, become a professional interviewer Pedar. Uh awesome um the short answer for me would be start with a generic showreel. Yeah. That, that would be the, the, yeah. the short answer. The long, more philosophical answer would be you need to go with the flow. Uh, <laughs> your dream job might not actually be the job that you think that is going to mm. fulfill your dream. Uh, yeah. You might get there and be disappointed. But this very average job on the side that you, yeah. you know, barely looked at might be the job that's going to make you meet this supervisor that's going to have a massive impact in, in your career for the best so in, in mm. general although i still advise start with a general surreal and maybe after a couple of years i would say mm. if you had enough time with let's say vfx and animated feature you have one that is more creature vfx and another one that is more uh because you have so much good material that you can mm. have two Two minutes uh, showreel, sure. Um, but at the end of the day, for now, just yeah, go with the flow and do not stick to oh, but I really want to go into that <laughs> studio, so I'm going to work on my reel until I'm yeah, able to go there. No, don't just don't do it. Go with the flow. Send your showreel yeah. in many places. <clears throat> accept any offer that you you find that is at least interesting, if it's not mm -hmm. in that studio. And yep. just take advantage of the opportunity that are going exactly. the other way. There's no reason why you have to take your eye off the prize. I mean, when you get that rent, the general one out there, at least you've covered most of your bases at this point. Now you've just guaranteed, or at least in, in guarantee, but you've increased the odds and the chances of getting yourself a job by dramatically, by having a demo reel constructed that can possibly advertise your abilities. Mm -hmm. But then once that's done, what's stopping you from then building a side reel that's totally catered towards that company of course you could do that like what's what's what would stop you from doing that literally nothing and uh, that would be a reel that you would only send to that one company i'm sure the company would be flattered that you would make something so so tailored um but just because you do that spend that kind of time and energy which doesn't guarantee the job either so you know um yeah. you have to manage your own expectations with regards to the amount of work you put into it but i mean I agree with David. Put to put the general that is priority number one. Put put together a really good, well-rounded um, reel that shows you shows the best of all your all all the things you can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we often talk about show reel, and there's something that we talk a little bit less often about is that the the industry, especially recruiting, is changing rapidly as mm -hmm. before. I mean, in the good old days, you would send your tape and eventually a CD. <laughs> And now it's just a Vimeo link, but the, the more, more and more uh, people are very active on social media. They're very active on LinkedIn. You don't necessarily just have one show reel that you send to, uh, to, to studios. You can, okay, how many pieces on your show reel do you really like? You have 14 mm -hmm. animation. Okay, well, post them on LinkedIn every other day with a little comments of, you know, how you got inspired by this idea and who, you know, uh, provided feedback to help you to, to get there. Maybe post it on Instagram uh, uh, as well and just send it out there. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you have a new piece that you're happy with that you're allowed to share, share it there. Just bite size on multiple platform. I assure you that, you know, re uh, recruiters are paying more and more attention uh, to all those 
different channel of communication. So yep. it's keep agree. this in mind on top of the so and if you do so, and if in your mind you, you had two different uh, a showreel and more let's say creature one and uh, um, stylized character animation one, you know just post those in uh, one after the, the the other and each time share share something interesting a little interesting story with each one of those pieces and that that might go a, a, a long way to have more opportunities coming your way it comes mm -hmm. back to what we, we mentioned with uh, Manny in a, a stream uh, a few animator artists in general professional artists in general will realize that okay I'm more uh, I'm in charge of the branding of mm -hmm. how much studios are aware that I exist mm -hmm. and if you do a good job at it you won't need to look for work anymore you will just yeah. let all those demand coming your way yep. and then you can choose oh that's interesting oh, yeah, I haven't done a creature for a while I'll take this one Ooh, yep. that that's a cool mm -hmm. one I'm going to book this in six months from now when I'm done with this other gig mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> that that's the best case scenario but it's totally yep. there's a lot of people that I know that are not now just doing that. They're just yep. let the opportunities come and they pick the, uh, the, the best one. Yeah. It may see, it would sound and feel very far fetched for someone who's just starting out. And I totally get mm -hmm. it. Um, but like, you know what? I agree with David, you, you, you know, like it's something you start building towards now um, because um, you start, you start building reputation at this stage um, and how you put yourself out there and how you're branding yourself and just, just the, the your ethic that you put into improving yourself and messaging that improvement on a regular basis. Like, like, again, another thing that Manny was talking about, this idea of updating your demo reel with this, these nice little pleasant updates, you know, and he probably has a mailing, he probably had like a mailing list of all the main recruiters and he just was sending it out like a mailer by the like, hey just me again just want to let you know i've got a new version of them real i hope everyone's doing real well uh happy weekend and that's it like no no pestering nothing like this just good professional messaging friendly and more importantly the content is clearly increasing in quality every single time you put something out there yeah. literally and then one day you're going to get that first job and then it's gonna be another job and then if you continue to do it even while you're working that's when that's when that shift is going to happen they're going to start calling you yeah. instead of the other way around yeah, and if you want to go one extra step, uh, plan your posting ahead of time yeah. and try to see what is going to go viral at what totally. period of time. Yep. Just say, okay, you uh, this you're preparing an animation. It will be ready for Christmas. You're going to post it on Christmas morning. Yep. Yep. It people will find it funny or share it because of just go search what makes things uh, yep. viral. Totally. Uh, and then you know that if you post it on, on LinkedIn, as the viral reach is still really high compared to Facebook and Instagram. And, and on top of that, it's, you know, the connection of your connection are already probably in some of those studios. Mm -hmm. So you just have a few comments, a few likes, a few uh, share, and it's going to reach out to a lot of recruiters at the, yep. uh, at the same time. So just try to think a, a ahead of time if that's something that... Um, that you're looking for to build your own branding and have more opportunities coming your way. Yeah. And think outside the box here too. Like, you know, LinkedIn is the very bare minimal. Just learn how to leverage it. There's already a lot of tools built in. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn in combination with something like Vimeo or YouTube is a powerful combination. Um, if you want to take it a bit further, you could even create your own YouTube channel and maybe start putting some content out there because just, you know, what happens when you start doing that and start doing maybe some tutorials, if you find that you've, you know, you don't have to be amazing at it. If you're good enough that you understand how to do some pretty cool stuff in some software, it's, it's enough to start 
putting because that you know more than a lot of other people that haven't done it before. And this this paints another picture of you. It, it paints your ability to communicate. It paints your ability and your your desire to put yourself out there and help other people around you learn. This is a whole other side skill that is now suddenly being marketed as not just what you can do as far as animation or modeling or whatever it is that you're you know you're doing these days. Um, it's showing a bunch of other peripheral skills that are important and complete the picture as to who you are as a person and what they would what they could probably expect to see on the on the production floor. So just putting it out there, there's lots of ways of showing off that uh, that are not limited to um, to demo reels. Yep. Um, and got, just, oh, maybe just a quick tip: yeah. when you're posting on those platforms, post native video. Let's say you're posting one on LinkedIn upload the video on LinkedIn directly rather mm. than putting a Vimeo yeah. link. This True. will allow, you know, on the feed, the autoplay, especially for animation, when there's mm. a character that starts to move, it captures the attention. So yeah. just, it, you know, make your research. And there's plenty of ways to yeah. have way more reach by yeah. no investment at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in other words, if you have a bunch of different platforms, always just post duplicates on those natively, as opposed yeah. to just one place YouTube and then only linking to YouTube all those different places. Yeah. You're, he's totally right. Like Facebook, same thing. Like it's it, it prefers and prioritizes content that's on their platform. It's just the way the algorithms work. So, um, you know, you want to get really fancy, start looking into things like Hootsuite and like have like simultaneously broadcasting things to multiple platforms. I mean, that in itself, is interesting who know i know somebody who was doing that kind of stuff and suddenly got tapped for like a community management position at a video game company um just because they needed somebody who was very savvy in those ways and they took the job and now they love it they, they don't even they they're not even they didn't even look back because yeah they liked animating they probably still like animating but they were a social person and and they just they just shone uh, very brightly at doing these kinds of things and and someone noticed because they were just doing it automatically it's yeah. crazy what happens when you put yourself out there and yeah, now we're looping right back into first yeah. question <laughs> how to do a change career well hmm. just do that stuff that you would like yeah. to do naturally and exactly. maybe someone while they would say hey you look pretty good at doing this thing how about mm. we pay you to to do it totally totally um oh look at this scott has got a question is this a, is this a legit one? I didn't even read it. I'm just, what do you wish you'd known before becoming a CEO? That's a juicy one. <laughs> Everything. All of it. <laughs> uh, uh, funny. It's the only, the story of why eventually you, you need such title is when other studios are reaching out and say, oh, for you know legal reason or whatever we can mm. only speak with the president or the ceo mm. or please mm. advise oh we don't have one but sure talk to me <laughs> yeah no we need to like then you're like oh god all right let's <laughs> figure this uh, uh, thing out um so what i uh, i wish i knew uh before um i think just I don't know. I, I don't know if there's anything that can pre pre prepare you because there is no, I think that everyone does it very di differently. There are some entrepreneurs that are much more, <clears throat> you know, PR sales driven. So they will always have their time with clients in, in meeting others that are much more like HR driven. So they will focus on recruiting and making sure that, you know, the culture and everything others are more technical technological so they will ensure that the pipeline the tools and there's proper investment uh, in, in that others are super creative so they're 
as soon as there's a little bit of income, they're going to reinvest to create some IP and all that. Mm. So there's no um, one size uh, fits all. That's uh, that's for sure. Um, so I don't know if there's anything I wish I'd, I knew before because I'm still very much fi figuring it out. <laughs> uh, as as uh, um, Pierre said this afternoon, I'm listening to a lot of podcasts to try to figure out why, uh, how others are doing. And then at some point you listen to enough testimony that you're like, oh, okay, well, everyone is doing it differently. So let's mm -hmm. just do what feels uh, natural for uh, the team, for where we are going um, and all that. So it's... Well, uh, it's kind of extra crazy for you because you're in a very untapped space right like the, the the agora studio is positioned to be um a very innovative and very progressive when it comes to the kind of the concept itself mm -hmm. so it's like who do you even like look like who do you look to you can't look yeah. to a specific other company and go oh i mean i could see the choices that they made let me try to avoid their mistakes and try to make the same kind of good decisions it's like you're kind of all you can do is look for inspiration on how to go how to how to run a company and how to be a good ceo that's yeah. like the best you can really do right so uncharted yeah, territories not long ago i was explaining i was spending a lot of my time to explain that yes people working from home works and mm -hmm. explaining what zoom was <laughs> it was a lot of my time that, that totally. was that. Uh, oh, I don't funny, have yeah. to, to do that anymore. Nope. Uh, a lot of most figure out that, okay, yeah, work from <laughs> home is actually something that yeah. does work. Um, so now, but, you know, it, it's always as mm. just So as I mentioned before, do not run out of money because <laughs> you need to continue to pay people. Yeah. Like rule number one. Yeah. Um, but for the rest, it, it's... There's a lot of okay. Where are we going? Because all most of the decision are going to be based of where we want to go. Again, do we want to mainly uh, invest in tech and become a platform? Do we want to create a, a IP uh, and be a production uh, studio? Do we want to double down uh, on service and develop this part of the that? That's the thing. It's at some point, there's so much opportunities that it's as much what you do, what do you not do, yeah. and not just what do you do, because it's <clears throat> you're going to just take maybe ten percent of all the possibilities that are out there, and depending mm -hmm. on what ten percent you you decide, it's success or failure. It's as yep. uh, simple as uh, as that. So yep. you know, two step forward, one step back, <laughs> but at the same time, it goes really fast. So yeah, yeah, it's uh that would be what I would struggle with the most. I think is, is just like, I get too excited by ideas. I mean, you know that I, I just, I'm just like, Oh my God, so many cool ideas. And it's like, you can't do them all. Like at the end of the day, someone needs to be at the top of the pyramid going, Hey, look, these are all really great ideas. But like at the end of the day, always someone needs to be a good CEO is always reflecting back on the core sort of business model, the core sort of like, you know, what, what that company is and making sure that the best options out of all those really great ideas are the ones that you pursue or does it mean the other ones won't get done one day but like when you're taking like things one month at a time you kind of need to make sure that the right ones are being focused on right yeah and again it's super cliche but you need to have a good team that is surrounding you because one of the thing it that's not just related to see anyone that is in a supervising position mm -hmm. or there, any position of uh leadership or or power or whatever you you want to uh, to see there's a distortion 
around you. Not everyone is going to tell you exactly what they think. They, <laughs> many will tell you what they think you want them to, to, to mm -hmm. tell you. So, mm -hmm. um, so you often, when you're a supervisor, every, almost every supervisor will testify that they were in a situation that they felt that that person was super happy and, you know, yeah, yeah all good, no problem. And then this person is leaving for depression yeah. or choose yeah. another job. And like, why didn't you yeah. tell me? I could have done something about it. And then you realize that, well, no, that person is not comfortable to tell you the <laughs> truth because they think that it might, you know, you might not be happy about it or it yeah, might yeah. impact their career path. Totally. All that. So having a team of people that you trust that are going yeah. to be a good reality check that you yeah. can bounce idea and they're not just going to agree because they think that this is what you you want is also super important the first rule of ceo ship i don't know i just made up a word is <laughs> that everyone is lying to you <laughs> everybody oh my god oh uh, we got a question here by another question from ender let's see here will this fit it doesn't fit almost Almost. almost, almost. This one, I, I uh, okay. I'll try to do my best to read through the blue. Does it, um, um, does it affect negatively to post shots or demo reel updates on LinkedIn or any other social media for a long period of time in a recruiter's perspective? I am working actually in, par in a parkour shot, but I have not posted on LinkedIn since the last shot I did back in June. So I think I, there's a bit of a typo here. I think what you're saying is, is it affecting negatively to not have frequent updates, I assume? Because yeah. back in June, I, I think the, the clue there, I would say no. Um, I think, well, I mean, it doesn't affect negatively. It's all, it, it depends on how positive you want to look, right? Like, I think you want to, you know, keep people updated regularly as, if, as, as regularly as you can. But it's not like people are like going to be like, hey, what the hell? Ender put out an update. I have, it's June, really, Slacker? Like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's the case, really, personally. But it's going to be up to you. Yeah. The easy answer is no, it, yeah. it, it doesn't impact negatively. I mean, yeah. the, the harsh truth, which is a good thing and a bad thing is that, you know, most of those recruiters and studios and all that, yeah. they really don't care. They, they, I mean, they're more focused on their own reality and yeah. the fact that they need to, they're stressing because they need to find those artists yesterday Absolutely. and their own supervisor is so, so they're already in your, their own mind yeah, and yeah. they see like hundreds of others. So the fact that you did not updated something on LinkedIn for two months now is totally yeah. like, yeah, no, not no. even on the radar. It, it's a great thing. For the most part, no one cares. Yeah. It yeah. means that, yeah, take your time. And when you have another piece, if you're prolific uh, and you're a Beeble, uh, that's his name, Beeble? That Beeple? was Beeple? Yeah. And a, you're a doing one, yeah. one painting a day and you can post it, great. Awesome. 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 Great for yeah. you. You you are part of the 0. 0.0001 of those that <laughs> totally. are able to yeah. be dedicated to, to yeah. their craft. Uh, but for animator, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Three new piece a year, two new piece a year, one a year. Honestly, yeah. you just need one good piece that goes yeah. viral at the right yeah. time, and yeah. everyone is. I talked about this. Uh, the the example of the, this mm -hmm. junior animator. I don't remember yeah. uh, her name, but she was uh, from Spain, mm -hmm. and you know, I was blown away by the surreal that I saw on LinkedIn. And when I say to another supervisor, <clears throat> not related at all, hey, did you saw it? Yeah, I saw that. I was like, okay, that went viral. If yeah, this random supervisor it, in this random studio also <laughs> yeah. saw the same, yeah, yeah, it's literally the only thing that she had posted. Yeah, that's so. Cool. 
Lucky. So her. yeah, it, it helps if you do it regularly, but it's not required. Yeah. Now that being said, what you don't want to do is never update your stuff, but continue to put out the same thing. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. That is the opposite of what you want to do because yeah. all you're doing is saying, Hey, take a look at my cool demo reels. Does anybody have a job? And then crickets, you know, and then one month later, Hey everybody, here's my cool demo reel. Anyone, anyone to give me a job? Same demo reel, same crickets. You know, it's, you know, it, it, at some point, like you got to be self-aware enough to be like, okay, well, a, Obviously, it wasn't good enough the first time, and or maybe it was. Maybe just there were no jobs at that time. But it doesn't matter. Use that time wisely and assume that you can, because you want to be able to at least establish a trend of self improvement, no matter what. When when things are when things are terrible, um, and like you can't get a job, and the world's on fire, you're still improving. It's like because that's what people want to see is perseverance and passion and um, pe people that are that are not going to just give up and just sort of cash in. So no matter what, you're going to give get lots of points by just making sure you're always even making small updates. Never, ever re repeat the same thing. That's a bad idea. Yep. Um, hopefully we answered your question. Okay there, um, Ender. Hopefully that was good. Uh, we got another one here from the the archives. From David Chiagare. Oh, my God. I can't say that last name. Sorry <laughs> if you're here and I butchered your last name. Okay. I'm going to post it right here and pretend I didn't uh, just do a terrible job. There we go. And this one reads a little like this. Are students considered in the industry or once you get a job that once you're once you are in? Hold on. I don't know if hmm. I fully understand it. Are students considered in the industry? So basically, are you considered to be in the industry only when you, oh. you have a job? Mm. Oh, I oh God, I wasn't reading it like that at all. Yeah, I totally that exactly. I'm so dumb. Um, wow, that's a really cool question, actually. <laughs> I think it depends uh, on who you ask. It's funny. I've I don't recall any question or discussion about being in or out of the <laughs> of the industry. Um, I mean, first of all, it really doesn't matter. Let's let's start there. <laughs> it, yeah, it, yeah. If you consider yourself in the industry, you're in. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. um, are you a professional artist? Well, have you been paid to 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 provide work? Uh, even if it's only been for one week of work, uh, yes. Okay, you can consider yourself that you've been at least once a professional uh, artist. Now, are you in the industry? Um, as a as a student, are you already in the industry? I would say, from my perspective, probably not. Uh, but maybe some would consider it. Um, yeah, that's it, it's a funny one because it's. Um, I don't think there's really is a thing as being in the industry or not. Yeah. You are either a amateur. A yeah. student, mm -hmm. a junior, mid, senior, leads for da da da. But the in and out is not really part of the uh, uh, conversation. I think yeah. it's more like: Do you animate? If we uh, let, let's assume it's an animator, do you animate? Mm -hmm. And where are you at in your progression from mm -hmm. knowing nothing, never <laughs> open a, a software, to supervising a team of yeah. twenty? Uh, yeah, exactly. 
Um, Joe animates, you were tagged in this. So I hope you're preparing your answer. I, I don't know if this is some sort of interesting rivalry that we got going on here, but I like it. So, um, please do prepare your answer and post it. I'll read it out to everybody <laughs> once it's there. Um, the, um, my answer to this question is I used to teach at a brick and mortar school. Um, so I have a special take on this. Um, I always considered students sort of honorary industry members. And, um, the reason why I kept a division and not really calling them in the industry is because I thought it was fun that after their three years, that regardless of whether they get a job or not right away, that they're part of the part of the, you know, I like to welcome them into the official fold of, of the animation industry. Um, mm -hmm. It feels good to them because it gives them immediately some sort of feeling of belonging. They, they, they had a hard road ahead. They accomplished something and they finished their training. And I think that that's important to, to, to reward people for that kind of perseverance because three years um, can be a long haul um, learning something, um, especially at these schools that tend to be pretty difficult. There's a lot of work usually involved. So, so Brent, what about someone that finishes class, but after two months doesn't get hired, is not patient enough and goes back to work at the postal office? Yeah. Is he still in? <laughs> based on your standard i think that they if that at that point if they still are trying to get a job and they're still working on their work trying to get a job i would say yeah sure why not but if they've just throw the towel in and they just have no interest and they like literally kind of leave the industry i guess um then i would say but i mean i guess we're splitting hairs at that point um it does happen people do eventually sometimes give up because they're just like you know, sometimes for financial reasons, they can't keep putting demo reels together and they need to get a job. And and sadly, they never get around to finding another opportunity to put themselves out there to try to get that job again. And they kind of like that, let that dream die. It's always tragic to see. I saw a lot of that happen back at Sheridan um, because Sheridan was no joke. It was um, very difficult. Anybody who's ever gone to Sheridan, I went back in the, the, the golden era of Sheridan right before um, things changed a lot in the industry. It was right when like 2D was really big. They were hiring people, right? Like Square Enix, okay, fun story. Square Enix opened up a studio and most of you are either too young or weren't even born in probably Hawaii, when this happened, right? in Hawaii. Yes. And it was a big friggin' deal and they hired a ton of people right out of Sheridan. It was the year ahead of me. The graduating class right before me um, got tapped, a lot of them. I know a what, lot of people went. Wasn't it Squaresoft? We'll have to look it up because Square they're the one soft. that did the flight of the Osiris uh, for the uh, India Animatrix. Square Soft as opposed to Square Enix, you mean? The same company, right? Uh, let, continue. I'm going to do okay. a, a do quick a little, search. David's going to yeah. fact check me. But basically, um, there was, there was, it was like the gold rush. There were people like Fox animation studios headed up by, by Don Bluth was hiring down in Arizona. Um, you had Disney who was like actively trying to gobble up as many talented people as they could. Um, it was pretty crazy. Um, and, um, you know, uh, it, it was intense and it was a lot of competition to get these jobs, even though there was like a lot of, a lot of interest in trying to hire the students and people would burn out because of that competition. It was, it felt very, um, it, and I saw some people that were actually pretty good that just fl flunked out. The other problem with Sheridan back then is they had like a bell curve. Um, they had four classrooms for first years, two for second years, and only one for final year. And uh, that had to do with space and resources. And so they needed to find a reason to not let you continue because they were always trying to pare it down. Now, that worked out well because it was sort of like the Hunger Games of animation. And what you ended up with is pretty much the cream of the crop because if you had to survive those three years, quite literally. Um, but that was hard on people because people that were good 
just didn't make the curve. Some people actually flunked out. I actually never finished. I never, I didn't make, I, I didn't survive the Hunger Games. I, uh, I didn't, um, I didn't make it out of second year and I didn't do third, uh, but I got a job right away and I kept going. But I know a lot of people who went the other route and just never looked back. And it's sad because they were really good artists and they just felt like that message was, I can't make it. So David, fact check. Yeah, it was actually Square. It was before the merge with Enix. So oh, okay. Yes, it was Square they, only. Yeah, okay. So they did the uh, Final Fantasy animated yes. feature, and then they yes. did Flight of the Osiris for the Animatrix series. And then exactly. you're like, wow, that cuts, cost a lot of money being here. And <laughs> then <laughs> down. shut it down. That's it. Yeah, it was weird because it was right. Like it was this huge gold rush that spiked and then crashed within about two years. It was pretty crazy. And then 3D kind of ushered in a new era and suddenly you had all these 2D animators that were displaced and they were trying to like people at Square at least were using 3D. So they were being trained on the job. They were the lucky ones because even though the company folded or the, not the company, but the studio, um, at least they had a new skill set that they could apply at DreamWorks or ILM, wherever the hell they wanted. That's actually where a lot of them went. So anyways, long story short, um, you are, you are as as far as I'm concerned, if you're applying yourself and you're really trying to learn um, and you don't, you don't, you know, you're not a brick and mortar school and there's no, no ceremony where I get to like knight you and be like, welcome to the industry. You can call yourself an industry all you want, because I mean, you're just one job away from being the industry. So you get to decide, you know, I think that part of the way you project yourself and the way you, you handle yourself and the way you see yourself and how serious you're going to take this adventure is I think already kind of part of the, uh, part of the packaging. Mm -hmm. Um, we have a question there from Maria, Marina oh, Fernanda Martinez. Let's see here. Hmm. Hello. Nice talk. How do you think someone in his late 30s doing mid-level animation is looked upon? Is it hard for that person to find a job? Hmm. I would say late 30s. You're still young. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's like you're making I, me feel old right now. Exactly. So if this question is framed as, well, uh, you know, Late thirties, it's a little bit old. You should should already be in a leadership position. Uh, I'm not, so maybe uh, you know there's a problem. No, there is no problem uh, uh, at mm. all. Um, how is it looked upon? Um, I, I I don't think it really matters, or if it does, it may be like. 28th on the list of things that really does matter compared yeah. to, you know, are you professional? Are you someone that is fun to work with? Mm. Are you a team player? Yeah. Uh, how is your craft? Are you technical? Do you help others? Do you always need support? Uh, do you shower in the morning? I, I mentioned it because that, that's that. a problem that I've seen before. How's your personal hygiene? <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Uh, so yeah, but the direct output and you know, compared to your uh, age, I don't think mate, it makes it, it, it doesn't it doesn't make a big impact compared to all of those other things, including yeah. personal hygiene that we mentioned. I um I would say I have a less optimistic view, but only slightly less in the sense that it does depend on the studio. There are studios that are the main names of the for themselves over the years as being very you know. Um, how do I say this in, a, in a, an appropriate way, but a very kind of workaholic culture. And I think those particular studios um, may, may be bias and may be a little discriminatory depending on the, 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 the profile, the, the personal profile of that person. For instance, um, you know, um, 
you know, I've heard horror stories of it being, being very difficult for, um, um, mothers, um, of children, um, especially those who are still actively, you know, growing a family. Um, these, these, I, I've like, it's, it, it's a thing. It's, it's not a thing everywhere, but it can be a thing. And so it really depends on where you're looking to get hired. But I think that the more progressive companies, the ones that are like, uh, we just want you because you're a good human being, which seems to be a rare thing sometimes. And you have skill. I mean, those two things are the most important along with a bunch of these other peripheral things um, that are important. But um, it really it, it really is a, a dependent on the studio and the studio culture um, that will have a possible say in this. I think there's many questions that would be important to kind of have a better understanding of this question. So, for instance, you're in your mid 30s. When did you start to animate? You started at, at 20 years old. Okay, you've been in this business for 18 years. Uh, did you recently change paths or maybe you were a rigger that became an animator? So basically, how long are you doing what you're doing mm -hmm. now? And are you still growing? Are you still improving over yep. time? Uh, if you've been doing the same thing or, you know, animating for 10 years and you kind of plateaued a little mm -hmm. bit, um, then my next question would be, well, do you want to improve or are you just satisfied yeah. with a good paying job that's going to maintain this? And, you know, you go in, you do your work, you're pleasant with everyone and you go back, take care of the family and, yep. and deal with other stuff that is more important to you. If it's the case and just continue to, to do that. Absolutely. If you're like, oh, I really want to grow and improve, improve. Okay, well, maybe more time will need to be invested to... Mm learn any if you're not on a project or a team that's going to allow you to improve at work well it's something that you might have to do on the side so maybe an online class maybe uh, uh you know working on your own <clears throat> your own craft and getting feedback from from others so it, it it's a matter of perspective uh where are you now where do you want to go uh how much have you been evolving in the past few years and is this in sync with where you uh, you are going in in general but overall do someone in their late 30s with all uh, this uh, background would be frowned upon because they're not already at a upper management or supervising or leadership position no not at all yeah and um scott in chat had a good point here too but in, he says in some ways it gives you more life experience and looked upon as being more mature which is true again it comes down to company culture what are they looking for are they looking to fill in the ranks with people that are just good human beings with some life experience that can help help round out the team maybe, maybe it's a young team and they need some guidance and they need some some uh, some people on the floor that um can help them um you know you know, with just basic sort of basic, uh, you know, uh, coaching on life. Like it's, it, it, you never know, like at the end of the day, it always will come down to what, what they're looking for. Cause there's lots of studios like to, to, to on David's point, if, you know, if you, it doesn't really matter who, if you can do the job, there's lots of these big companies that'll hire you because they have a lot of these seats to fill. They just need someone to come in, be pleasant, be professional, get the job done, go home. And no one really cares. I mean, one thing is for sure in different, different places too are different. Like, Quebec, for instance, um, to toot the horn of this particular province a little bit. It's very, I, it, it took me a while to adjust to the culture here because um, I'm, I'm originally from Toronto and Toronto, it's got a very live to work kind of vibe to it. Like everyone's being like, it's a, it's a rat race. Everyone wants to be better than the next person. And it's, but here it's totally 
totally different. It's much more work to live scenario. Very, very family oriented people. It is, it is, there's the, it's just an accepted fact that people are going to be putting family first. And so um, generally speaking, um, a lot of the policies and a lot of the HR policies reflect that reality. And, um, you know, and that's, that's, also interesting to kind of keep note of is is geographically where you're looking for a job can have an effect on the sort of what you know what people are looking for and where their sort of their concern points might be but 30 as david said 30 is young man like <laughs> i wish i was 30 doing oh my god <laughs> can i be 30 again that'd be great <laughs> um we are out of time we are five minutes after um it's already it happens just like that you blink and then no when you're saying we're out of time, usually you, you take one last and then we we could put, put ourselves back in the box. Well, we can <laughs> do the... that if you want. We can do it. Um, I don't see. even know if there's another one. Uh, there There is. I mean, there there was one that I was trying to bring up from. Um, from I, want, I wanted to clear our um, our, our, uh, our archive. We have like oh. one last one in. Are Let's we clearing just... the archive? Holy shit. All Let's right. do it. Let's just Let's do, do it. it. All right, let's Scott, see. Here. You have some some work for next week. Yeah, <laughs> and this one is actually from Scott. So how perfect! So, oh. question from Scott: What are some of the most common mistakes you see in a flight animation? I think this is an old one that we kept skipping over, over and over again. I don't know how it kept getting kicked to the bottom of the barrel, but let's 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 sort this one out once and for all. Again, full circle with the the animation questions. Yeah. Let, let's yeah. bring back Jacob if he's here in the audience. Let's yeah. let's bring him back. <laughs> Uh, flight animation. I actually didn't had a lot of opportunities in my career to work on uh, flight animation. Oh my! Oh. Scott's saying this one was actually supposed to be for for Olivier, but I, how, what's it doing oh, in the Q and A list, man? You're 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 throwing off our game. Oh, just kidding. Too late. Well, yeah, he's answering it anyways. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. David's sure. in bulldozer mode. He's going to freaking answer this question. Get out of the way. Oh, we're going to answer it, <laughs> even if, if we provide the worst answer possible. Mm. Um, I've seen some pretty bad flight animation. And oh, me, me too. Usually it's just like, dude, have you, have you spent time to observe no. what a bird is really doing? Have you spent time to analyze the anatomy of a wing? Yeah. How it like actually how it unfold and refold. Did you just spend time to look at stop motion footage? Yeah. Like, oh, all right. I get because if you're just doing this and putting some overlap so it looks like a rubber thing on the side that does this, that doesn't qualify at you know doing a proper job at what you're animating right there um so most common mistake didn't do their own works yeah that 100 number one under this that's for it sure. is such a pet peeve of mine flight animations that are bad they drive me bananas because it's not rocket science it just shows me right away whether you're the kind of animator that takes a minute to go hmm i don't actually know how wings work let me go figure that out and then go and put something down that moves in an appropriate way at least approximately appropriate it's like it's just so like like just people just phone it in like, Oh, I'm animating a dragon and they're moving the wings around and they get the basic idea that there's an up and down motion and there's wings that are going up and down. The most common mistake I notice is that people will do um, the wings go down 
and the character goes up and it's completely it's paired there's no overlap at all between that relationship right it's just like immediately as soon as there's a couple frames going down there's a, there, the the body going up is matching it perfectly that's just not how it works lift is created the lift will have to defeat the gravity pushing down and then once you overcome the gravity only then can you maybe get a little bit of lift so the, the up and down is always delayed behind the actual downwards flap um not so much that it's after the flap either i've seen this as well but you know like it's like david said just literally i think a key thing though is don't just you know if you're doing a dragon for instance go look for heavy birds don't go and look at like like little hummingbirds or something it's like find an appropriate reference so that you're actually trying to at least get close to you know apples and apples not the whole apple apple and yeah. orange kind of scenario that so many people tend to do and just by analyzing physics and anatomy and friction with air and all that, you will figure out pretty rapidly that, oh, okay, the, the way that the wing is folding up is to mm -hmm. make sure that it's going to push the least amount of air uh, um, exactly. up and then it's going to maximize the surface yes. of the wing to exactly. push down. And it's this constant, the least amount of air up and the most amount of air down. And actually, sometimes it's counterintuitive. You kind of think that it's going to be fast fast down and mm -hmm. slow up and fast down. No, it's the opposite. It goes yep. up faster. Because less air resistance. Exactly. Because there's less air yep. resistance. Yep. I remember a... A little workshop that James Baxter did when we were at, at DreamWorks. He, he was offering doing like one on ours and then flying. Like this and guy knows what he's talking about. This this guy. <laughs> I would you, I would pay money to be in one of those workshops. That guy's just like a fountain of of knowledge. And I went there thinking, okay, we're going to go in, you know, the animation software and it's going to show us which controller to control it. No, it was basically here's. The, yeah. uh, the skeleton of a bird. Yes, let's Here's talk about the anatomy, how right? feathers yeah. are, are, uh, are dealing with hair. Mm -hmm. Here's how this part, and you're like, that's an anatomy class? And I was like, well, what is this? And yep. then by the end of it, you're like, holy okay, shit. I guess I really needed this class <laughs> yeah. because I had no idea what I was yep. doing. And now I'm not that's good it. at it yet, but at least I understand what is going to. You have an appreciation like for it now, right? I think it's, like. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's I it, it what the 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 number one thing that stops animators from get breaking through to a like to a to a to a level that that will make them actually kind of good. Number one thing is just this. It's just do your homework for the love of God. Don't just go and do the do the thing that's in your mind on what you think it is doing. No. That's just not how it works. You got to go and spend the time and admit and, and enjoy, like enjoy the journey, enjoy the journey of knowledge. I mean, if you're a really big nerd, you're going to love this job because it allows you to like learn something new, um, but you got to be open to it and stop, you know, put your ego on the side and be like, no, like, I actually don't know the answer to that question. I have no idea how wings work. Um, we do an exercise in my animation class all the time, which is we talk about flying saucers and like we talk about like what would be a good replacement for a flying saucer if you wanted to like find a reference and learn how to leverage references when you can't find a good, you know, when you can't find a UFO footage, right? Um, and we use helicopters and it's like, does anybody know how a helicopter works? And people are just sort of like, well, you know, the, the blade spins and it goes up. It's like, no, that's not, that's cute. That's not how it works. You just described what it looks like when it works, but do you know how any of those things work? What are the qualities? What are the patterns? What are the, what are the necessary ingredients to make that whole thing go? And people are just like, holy crap, I don't know. How, how do I, how do I not know the answer to that question? And, you know, animators need to get to the bottom of that. We're almost like little, you know, artistic scientists that need to sort of experiment and understand. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's, it could be a lot of fun if you just sort of put your mind to it and do the homework.
Yeah, and if you're breaking the rules, know why and make sure that yes. it fits with the rest of the project. Exactly. Uh, I remember a movie like uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. There were some little rat birds in there. And basically, the wing flap was just this kind of rubber thing going on the side. But it was perfect because it, it kind of fit with this very crazy, mm -hmm. hyper-stylized animation. And it looked crazy. But, you know, that character was crazy in a crazy movie anyway. Yep. And it kind of fit with all of this super exaggerated style. Yep. Uh, so, but don't just do something random and then say, well, it's art and I can do whatever I want. No, you, you, no, that's not how, how it works. It's Understand the not. basic, yeah. uh, try to, 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 to do it. And then when you understand properly, then bend the physics and do crazy stuff, but knowing that you're actually uh, breaking the, the rule and why you're, you're doing it. Yeah, I agree. That's an important sort of factor there. The, the, to, to know, understand how it actually works so that you like you you need you need to know the rules so you know how to break them because you do not know how to break rules it's it's not it's that's just cheating that's just like not the good kind of cheating it's just like the lazy um i'm i have no idea what i'm doing kind of cheating you got to understand cuz once you know those rules you know you'll find it the, the the rule breaking is more about exaggerating than it is like making things no longer actually relevant it's um it's it's it it it's the first place you got to start you got to start with understanding it first mm. um and yes, I do have an animation class online. I teach for iAnimate. I do an intro to game animation um, workshop there. So if you're interested, you can go check that out. Um, that is it for real. We finally finished the backlog. We no longer have questions, which is kind of crazy. So yeah, I guess we're gonna have to kind of go on a mission to uh, fill that back up. Um, yep. So I'm looking at you, chat. Make sure when when Scott sends out the message, uh, he, heed the call and fill up that uh, fill up that that bucket. Yeah, because otherwise next week we're going to show up and just, <laughs> just stare, stare at the camera like this for for, for uh, until there's a question thrown our way. One really long, awkward hour of staring. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome to tune in. Uh, it might be interesting. We never know. Okay, well, David, thank you. We'll see you on the next one and uh, have a wonderful evening. Talk yep. to you later, dude. Bye. Take care, everyone. Cheers. Um, let's get rid of that. Boop. Um, one quick little thing I wanted to mention is, um, we, I, I think I've said this before, but just in case people don't know, um, Scott and I do a bi-weekly Agora update now. Um, this is to replace the videos that I used to do every once in a while that was sort of just giving an update on the platform. It's, it's meant to be a bit more conversational and a little bit more fun where we can talk a little bit about some of the new things that are going on, some of the, some of the announcements, some of the sort of improvements. So, um, that happens, uh, Friday. Um, Fridays at, oh, Scott, if you're still here, it's three, is it three 30 that we do it? I have to go check my schedule. Um, Fridays at, yeah, three. Yeah. So three, 3 PM Eastern standard is, is the regular every other week. So, uh, do take, uh, uh, I need to put that in the Agora schedule. Cause right now it's on the calendar, um, which you can subscribe to, but I don't believe, I don't think because we don't have a, a way to repeat events. I don't think easily, or maybe, maybe we do now I have to go take a closer look, but I'll make sure that's officially in there. So you know when it's coming up, but, uh, we just did one last Friday, so there won't be one this week, but there will be another one next week. So do tune into that. Um, I'll take a, a quick moment to just make a, a, a reinforce an announcement that was made um, just 
just the, just this past Friday um, on that update. And that is a big update that was made to the Agora community platform, where we are now able, you are now able as a user uh, to link directly to content on Agora community. Now, there are some exceptions. You can't link learning paths. You can't link um, um uh, rigs and I think it's reviews is the other thing. Um, and that might be subject to change at some point, but right now, basically the, the content that's on there, like the video content, the, the normal content is all linkable. And, and, and you could, you could do that before, but the people would be presented with a login screen that you needed to be a member, which is free, but it's always a little awkward to have to explain, Hey, check this video. Oh, by the way, you won't be able to see it until you make an account. And it's just enough for, uh, reason for people to not even bother clicking through. So that makes it a little easier for to share, uh, we're going to eventually have a share button as well to make that a little bit easier for you, which will be pretty cool. Um, so I uh, just wanted you to know about that. Now, the other thing that is important to note about this is some of the other peripheral uh, things that change because of that. For instance, you now can just go to agora.community right now and not even encounter a login screen. Uh, try it if you want. Uh, try it with a browser that you've never logged in with before, like um, Edge, because <laughs> who uses Edge anyways? Um, log in and just go there and you'll see, you can you can now see, um, you can see the, the website, no problem. Until you try to access things like rigs, you'll be presented with a login screen. So um, just, you know, we wanted to try to open it up a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, some of you, when you find really good content on there that you'd like to share, that sh just share it because it's uh, now people can directly access it without having to become a member. We like to think that once people are there, we'll give them lots of reasons as to why they should become a member to access the other great stuff too. Because there's obviously really great rigs and other good, great content that they could have access to just by simply creating a free account. So I uh, just wanted to put that out there. I wanted a little bit extra clarity. I was talking to David about this recently and um, yeah, he made me aware, aware that I didn't actually paint the big the big full picture of like hey by the way you can just go there now it's the for yes for sure linking but like just anybody can just go to agora community and now not just have this welcome screen with only limited access it's now pretty much almost the whole kit and caboodle um, minus some of these exclusive um, pieces of content so yeah, do, to, do tune in on those Friday uh, Friday afternoons if you're looking for updates. Um, we're going to try to have fun with that that segment. Um, um, it's just Scott and I hanging out and just uh, talking about all the cool things. So come with your questions, come with your concerns, and um, come for the uh, come for the high fives in the Australian accent. All right, I will see you all when I see you next time. Stay animated and uh, have a good evening. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. Agora Community is a free resource for artists in the animation, visual effects and gaming industries, providing daily educational material, free rigs and assets. We also have a range of experts you can purchase affordable animation reviews from to help you level up your skills. You can check it all out at agora.community. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn for updates on upcoming conversations and free animation quick tips. So. Until next time, stay tuned and stay animated.